Well, good afternoon. So good to be in the house of the Lord. And, and what Pastor Jeff said earlier, you know, it's really so different when we're worshiping at home and worshiping here together with believers, right? Isn't it? All those who are here. Because presence, even though we're watching a, a live a, a video of the worship, when I close my eyes, it just feels like the worship team is actually here. But it's such a joy to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen? God is good. We're going to be, for the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at a series of uh, people from the Bible and they're the kings mentioned in the Bible. Some of us, when we read the book of Chronicles or the kings, and sometimes it's a little confusing who is who, who is what, but what do these people have that are lessons for us? See, because the Bible is full of illustrations, full of stories, sometimes when we read it, we think it's just a story. Is it just like literature? But God's Word says this in Romans 15 verse 4, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement to provide, we might have hope. So nothing in the Bible is wasted. And the Bible teaches us lesson upon lesson about consequences of not obeying the Lord. And for us, we can either learn from wisdom of the Word of God, or we can learn from the consequences of life. And I pray that all of us don't have to deal with consequences uh, the hard way, but we learn from the wisdom. It's like telling my son when he was younger, don't run around, don't, don't play on the sofa, you're going to knock your head, you're going to realize the floor is going to be very hard. You know, and he, he still runs around and he still jumps around and then next thing you hear, boom! Ground hard, head off, you know, and, and he learns consequences. He, does, he knows he doesn't do that anymore. Likewise, when we read the scripture, we always need to go with the perspective, what does this tell me about God's character? How do I apply this in my life? How many of you here are K-drama people? Anyone? Wave your hands. Okay. Oh, don't they like... Uh, okay. The Bible is the original K-drama. What is K-kingdom drama? And you see the scripture over and over again. Uh, this is a little small, but I will illustrate, I will expand it a little. But the Bible talks about two kingdoms that, uh, that is to come. You can go online, you can search for the kingdom of Judah and the kingdom of Israel. You can just go online, you'll see a picture of something like this. But what happens here is this. The first king of Israel is Saul, King Saul. And after that comes King David, the greatest king of, of the people of Israel, who they, they still revere today as the greatest king of all time. And King David has a son. He has actually many sons. But the one who would take over his throne is the son from Bathsheba named Solomon. And so from Solomon comes Rehoboam. I know it's a little tongue twister, but just flow along. Because when you read about the Bible, about the king of Judah, the king of Israel, this is what it actually means. The king of Judah is from Solomon, Rehoboam. King of Israel would be from Jeroboam. How do you remember which is which? Jeroboam, 10 tribes follow Jeroboam. The letter J is what alphabet? What number in the alphabet? Letter J. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. 10 tribes with Jeroboam. Okay, so remember, 10, J. Jeroboam, the tribe of Judah, and the tri ultimately the tribe of Benjamin would come through the, tribe, uh, through the kingdom of Judah. So Judah, Israel. And these two countries will always be at battle with one another for the next 400 over years. And the same pattern history, when you read the book of Chronicles and Kings, is the same thing. 
This good king, bad king. Bad king, good king. Good king becomes bad king. Bad king becomes good king. But the same pattern exists for those hundreds of years. And there's one thing that you will realize the people did not, did not get rid of the idols completely. They would disobey God, obey for a while, and then disobey over and over again. And God ultimately says, enough. I've given you chance upon chance. And finally, Israel um, gets conquered by the Assyrian army and later on Judah gets captured by Babylon. And then for the next 70 years, no more kingdom of Israel or Judah. But it's during these 70 years that God ultimately gets rid of the idols. The people finally get rid of the idols of their heart and they turn to God. But what do these kings have that we can learn from? And we're going to look today at the first king. is the king called King Asa or Asa, depending on how you pronounce it. King Asa. Who is he? King Asa is the great, 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 great grandchild of David. But just a summary of 2 Chronicles 14 to 16. It goes like this. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Good, right? I mean, he removed the idols. Then when the enemy came, the enemy, the Zira, the Kushite came against him. What did Asa do? Asa sought the Lord. Worshiped the Lord. God, please help us. And God gave them victory. And then after 35 years of peace, the king of Israel would place a blockade around Judah. Basically, no one can bring food in. People cannot go out. Essentially, to make them surrender because they have no supplies. So something Asa does that he did not do previously. He makes an allegiance, an alliance with the king of Aram. And although they had the victory, God was displeased. And Hanani, the prophet, would come and rebuke Asa. He said, Asa, you should not have done this. Previously, you trusted the Lord, but now you did something out of your own wisdom, out of your own abilities, and the Lord is not pleased with you. And so, what does Asa do? Rather than repent and say, God, forgive me, Asa gets angry. He throws Hanani into prison. And the rest of the story tells us that years go by, King Asa, when he became sick, he refused to seek the Lord. And how does this apply to us? Because there are some valuable lessons for all of us when we read and look into Asa's life. What are these principles? The first thing, it is this. If Asa was here, if he's a mentor, and we got, got him here in the rocking chair, if he were to sit with us, Asa tell us what can we learn about life. The first thing Asa would say is, seek the Lord first. Seek the Lord first. The word seek and sought is repeated over and over in these few chapters. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord the God of their ancestors, and to obey His laws and commands. Let's all read the next scripture together once you go. We sought Him, and He has given us rest on every side, seeking God again. Azariah the prophet said, If you seek Him, He will be found by you. But if you forsake Him, He will forsake you. But in their distress, they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and they sought Him. So again, repeated, sought, seek, sought, seek. He was found by them. 2 Chronicles 15, 12, all together, once you go. They entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, with all their heart and soul. And one more scripture. All Judah rejoiced about the oath because they had sworn it wholeheartedly. They sought God eagerly and He was found by them. So the Lord gave them rest on every side. Finally, they had peace. And when I look in the you know, Hebrew definition, what does this mean to be seeking after God? You know what the definition revealed? It said this, seek. Huh? 
So dig further. What does it mean to really seek after the Lord? And to seek means this, to inquire of and for Him and seek Him as vital necessity. That means there's such a desperation there when we're seeking the Lord. It's not just, oh, come seek, la, fine, la. By seeking Him wholeheartedly, there is a longing for Him with all our hearts. And that's why it says there, if you seek after Him wholeheartedly, not half-heartedly, you will find Him. It is to seek in desperation. And that's God's word for all of us today. The first thing we can learn from Asa is this, we need to seek the Lord earnestly. Seek Him first. Jesus puts it this way, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Is He the first thing we seek each day? Is God lost that we need to seek Him? No, God is everywhere, isn't it? But it's another thing when we seek after Him. In my own family, my son knows I'm there, but it's another thing when he begins to seek out for me. He says, Daddy, Daddy, play with me. Daddy, Daddy, spend time with me. Daddy, Daddy, do this with me. Why? Because he seeks after me differently than you do your own thing, I do my own thing. God is everywhere. And God's desire for us as a father, He desires that we seek after Him. A desperation, a longing. He's saying, God, I want you. I want you so much. So the question for all of us is this. Do we see God and say He's the steering wheel of our lives or is He the spare tire? Is prayer and worship the steering wheel of our lives or is it the spare tire? Do we only turn to God when we are in emergency? Or do we just wake up and say, God, I seek after you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I worship you wholeheartedly. So where do we begin, church? How do we even start this whole journey? Do this. When you wake up in the morning, acknowledge Him. In the little things, in the big things. Because many of us, we only turn to God really desperately and longing for Him when we're in trouble. Isn't it? Oh God, I have a financial difficulty. Lord, come rescue me. Oh, my child's rebelling. Oh God, come rescue me. God, help me. What should I do, God? But other times, we don't really seek after Him. And maybe God's reminding all of us today to return to the place of seeking after Him. That's a desire for Him. All those of you who are married, just wave your hands. If you're married. Okay, uh, how fast here? Do you remember when you first started dating? Okay, some of us need to go back further. Do you still remember when you just long for someone? Maybe we didn't have our text then. We would just long to call the person, just to hear the person's voice. And somehow everything else didn't matter. Oh, as long as I heard her voice. Ah, I want to see her this weekend. Ooh, I seek that so much. And we can have the relationship where we want that relationship with God. We seek after God so much. We long for God. God's calling us to that place. Will you seek me first again? Will you come back to the place where you place me first? See, all, all of us, we don't have a distraction issue. Although we, we have many things around us, but we have an attraction issue. Why? Because maybe we're not attracted to God anymore. Where the things of the world seem nicer, happier, more attractive, 
But when you're attracted to someone, nothing else matters, isn't it? I go work to do, you know, I want to spend time with my wife. Or my girlfriend at the time. You know, oh, I long for her. I will make time for her. Why? Because I'm attracted to her. And today God will say to us, will you return to the place where you're drawn to me, where you seek me first, where you're just attracted to me again? And God calling us to a place. Today, let's make that decision. Lord, I will seek you first. And I know that all these things that are important to me, all these things will be added to me as well when I place you first, when I seek after you first again. So the lesson from my son, number one, seek him first. Second thing we can learn is this, obey in deed, obey in deed. Second Chronicles 14 says this, he commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and to obey his laws and commands. He removed the high places and incense altars in every town in Judah, and the kingdom was at peace under him. Another scripture. King Asa also deposed his grandmother, Makkah, from her position as queen mother. Wow. Imagine telling your, the, the, the grandmother, basically, you know, I will not have you here. Because she had made a repulsive image for the worship of Asherah, Asa cut it down, broke it up, and burned it in the Kidron Valley. What's he saying to us today? You can't just seek the Lord and do nothing about it. Because obedience and trust must go hand in hand. Because I can seek the Lord, God gives me a word, but I choose not to obey. It doesn't work. The blessings of God will not flow when I choose not to obey. So what's God saying to us today? Church, you can seek me, but now you need to obey me. Jesus puts it this way. Jesus said to the disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. It's an action word. I can't just say I trust in God, but I don't do anything about it. Because it is faith in action. Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Those of you who grew up in Sunday school, you learn the song, the wise man built his house upon the rock. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. Why was he wise? Not just because, because he built his house on the rock, but because he, uh, Jesus likens it as the person who obeys. How many of you want to be wise? How many of you want to be foolish? The, the, the determining factor is obedience. So God wants us to obey Him. Is it easy? No. Do we want to obey all the time? No, but we do it anyway because it's an out of obedience to the Lord. Matthew 26, 39. Jesus, when He went to a earth beyond them and fell on His face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from Me, yet not as I will, but as You will. This is where Jesus was praying. You know, that he doesn't have to go through the crucifixion. Why? Because obedience is not easy. Did Jesus want to, hey, I was born to be sacrificed. Kill me, kill me. No, it was a tough decision because he was here in the flesh. Likewise, for us, is obedience easy? Not all the time. Not all the time. Jesus, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. So what's God saying to all of us today? It is about obedience. Trust and obey 
For there's no other way, right? We know this the, the hymn. Why? It's not just trust, for there's no other way. No, we trust and obey. Action and faith must go hand in hand. When we walk in obedience, that's when the blessings of God come. So where do we begin? Act on the word of God, not based on our feelings. All of us, okay, no, maybe not all of us, many of us are feelings driven. I don't feel like coming to church. I don't feel like watching uh, the service today. Oh, this, this person leading worship, this person preaching, I think I feel I don't want to watch this person doing I will go to some other channel. And we all base our lives so often on feelings. But you know the blessing come when we obey regardless of how we feel. Obeying the word of God. Do you, how many of you love forgiving people when someone does you offense you? Do you feel like forgiving them? No, we don't. But God says, forgive because I have forgiven you. Pray even when you don't feel like praying. Give when you don't feel like giving. Encourage. Because this is the word of God and love. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Meaning what action needs to take place? Obedience. Trust, obedience. The first one, letter S stands for seek him first. O, obedience. And then the third principle that we can learn from King Asa is this. Finish well. Finish this journey of your faith well. Because you can start off so well, but finish terribly. And the Bible shows us over and over and over again, people who started off their faith well, their journey of life well, but didn't end so well. But it also tells us, it also shows us people who didn't start off so well, but they finished really well. So what's God's word for all of us today? Finish well. Second Chronicles 16.7 says this, At that time, Hanani, the seer, like the priest, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you relied on the king of Aram, remember they made an alliance, and not on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. He came and gave him a warning and a rebuke. And there was peace in the land. Yeah, for that period of time. But because of the rebuke, because we refuse to, to believe, because he refused to repent, Bible tells us this, even in the 39th year of his reign, Asa was afflicted with a disease on his feet. Through his disease, though his disease was severe, even in his illness, he did not seek help from the Lord but only from the physicians. What happened along the way? There are a few things that possibly could have happened to Asada. He, he didn't end so well. What happened? The first thing, the Bible tells us, for almost 35 years, there was peace. From the time he trusted God, there was peace in the land. And do you know peace can sometimes draw us further from God? See, God blesses us. God, We pray for God's blessing and then God's blessing comes. And then we begin to, re, to be happy with the blessing that we forget the blesser. And when peace comes, do you know a lot of us, when things are nice and comfortable, our faith level actually sometimes decreases. Not all of us, but some of us. And all of us want to have, have healthy faith, don't we? When you want healthy faith, okay, if you want to have a healthy body, what do you need to do? Eat right and exercise. Likewise, you want a healthy and strong faith, what do you need to do? Eat the word of God and exercise the faith. But when things are peaceful, very often we don't need to exercise our faith. 
finances, okay, I, I got finances. It's like when you ask people, what can I pray for? Nothing much, everything's okay. Finances okay, health okay, family okay. And we don't need to exercise our faith. And sometimes if we're not careful, we become complacent. And then we begin to drift further and further from the Lord. How does it look like? It may be like this. Come for cell group, we got cell group. Ah, this, this, this Friday I got to work, I, I can't. But I love Jesus. I take one step further. Come church, church, no, I cannot, this Sunday I can't, I know. And I take one step further. And I take one step further. And further and further away. Because everything's just fine. And then sooner or later I realize that church, oh yeah, not so important now. It's okay, God loves me, I love God, God is everywhere, it's fine. And we drift, we drift, we drift. Because things are comfortable. But when you're a point of desperation, when you're seeking God, when you love God, when you're obeying God, the intimacy is there. And you exercise that faith. So the second reason is pride. Asa became proud. When the priest rebuked him, he got angry and threw the priest in prison and refused to turn to God. And gets a warning for all of us. Pride will hinder you from experiencing the fullness of joy. James 4, 6, God gives us even more grace. As the scripture says, God is against the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And humility is something that you have to do. The Bible says, humble yourself before the Lord and He will lift you up. It doesn't say, don't pray for God to humble you. You don't want to pray that prayer. Because first of all, it's not a biblical prayer. And you really don't want God to humble you, right? Next thing you know, something drastic happened. Oh Lord, I'm sorry I prayed that prayer. But we humble ourselves. That means I make the choice today. Lord, I will humble myself. I will not let pride hinder me from coming to uh, your presence. So peace and pride. Peace and pride. Scripture says this, humble yourself in the Lord's presence and He will honor you. Pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. So pride, complacency, and peace and complacency, all these things can begin to drive us further and further away from God's presence. So God is calling us today, child, my daughter, my son, seek after me first. When things are comfortable, we realize we don't trust in God so much. Think about it. When, when the COVID situation first came out, how many of you really prayed desperately? Oh God, deliver us from this disease, from this plague. Every day, everywhere you went, you were praying for God's recovery, the blood of Jesus. Oh, nothing harm me. Pray for my family. And that was our prayer, isn't it? Every text was, oh Lord, we pray, we pray. But after a while, things get comfortable. Pray. Yeah, yeah, I think the pastor praying. It's okay. My subgroup is praying, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, Lord, Lord, you know, you know I pray, uh, you're okay. Because peaceful, right? Comfortable. And it's likewise for all of us in a relationship. When things get too comfortable, we tend to drift. But God's calling us again. There may be peace in your household, but seek first my kingdom. Walk in obedience and then finish the race well. Because it's not how you start, it is how we finish. We drift unintentionally. But we need to draw near intentionally. I would say none of us here, if I ask you, do you want to go far away from God? What's your answer? No. No one plans to be far away from God. No one plans to drift 
far away from God. But it's a step by step, like I said, further and further and further away, day by day. I wouldn't read my Bible. I'm busy, can't read my Bible, and I just drift further and further away. It's unintentional, but we drift. But the difference is this, you need to be intentional in coming back to God. It is an act of our will and obedience. I need to do something to draw near to God. I drift unintentionally, but I draw near to God intentionally. And I seek after your face intentionally. I read the Bible intentionally or unintentionally? Intentionally. I pray intentionally. We need to do things intentionally. When, when, when I first got married, you know, you know, and you're just so in love with your, my spouse and all, and I still remember watching the TV and giving my wife the remote control and say, Honey, yes, dear, uh, this is the remote. Watch anything you want to watch. And then she says to me, Oh, what do you want to watch? I just want to watch you. <sighs> oh, has then. Some of you want to gag. Now it's, honey, what? Response is different. What do you want? What has changed? Somehow, sometimes we just begin to drift. And earlier this year, this, is the, this year we celebrated our 20th anniversary. And we, we had planned, you know, all year to, to go for a trip uh, in, in February. But somehow, the few months leading to that, we, my wife and I just got, a little edgy with one another. We became snappy. You know, conversations became more like arguments. And there was just a, oh, wasn't pleasant at all at home. How come, so, you know, so, this is supposed to be our 20th year. How come we are just getting on each other's nerves? And dinner, you know, becomes just unpleasant to, to have around each other. When my son said this to us, that was sometime in January. My son said this to the two of us over dinner. He said, the two of you got marriage problems. <laughs> I'm a marriage counsellor, family counsellor. And to hear my son say that, I could have just gone, shut up boy, you don't know what you're talking about. You're too young to understand. Be quiet. But when he said those words, you know, I said to him, and my wife and I said to him, you know, we're so sorry. But he said this, I'm so glad you're going for this trip because you all need to work on your marriage. <laughs> and I said, I'm so glad too. You know, and, and when we went for our trip, my wife and I deliberately and intentionally said, let's just build that friendship again. Let's just restore the relationship again. Let's just read and pray together again. It had to be an intentional thing. Otherwise, we have just gone enjoy the weather, enjoy the food, come back and nothing's different. But we made the intention, let's pray and seek God's face. Let's build that friendship again with one another to draw closer and closer with each other. We drift unintentionally, but we need to draw near intentionally. And what would God say to us today? The three things. Number one, letter S, seek the Lord first. O, obey indeed. And then finally, F is for finish well. Finish the race well. Here we go. And that's how we stay on fire. It's the intimacy with God. You know, in the Olympic Games, which was supposed to be held uh, 
this year in, in, in Japan. But a tradition that has been formed in the Olympic Games is the fire, the runners will first light the, their torch in Olympia. And then they will, with the, the torch, just start running uh, across, passing, the, you know, passing on to the next person and to the next person across the different continents before finally reaching the destination where the Olympics is being held. So this year would have been Japan. And they would have run there, light up the cauldron, and the Olympics Games will be declared open. Just imagine this. If you are the last runner, and you're running, you know, with the torch, and then when you get to the stadium where you're supposed to light the cauldron, and the officials just look at you funnily and they say, hey, your torch has no fire. Where's the fire? I'm here, it doesn't matter, right? I'm the runner. I'm, as long as I'm here, it doesn't matter, right? No, the officials said, you need to get your torch on fire. Otherwise, we're not going to light up the cauldron. Yeah, but... I made here faster than ever before. No, I'm faster than any other runner. I'm here. I don't care. I need the fire. I need the fire again. And God, what are you saying to us today? Some of us, we've been in this race for so long. We've been Christians for so long, but our fire is just out. We come to church regularly, sometimes just grouchily, and there's no more fire. We're just functioning. I give my tithes. I listen to the sermon. I go for a cell group. I pray when I'm supposed to pray. But there's no more fire. And we just go in like basically just uh, let's get through the motion. God, what are you saying to us today? God, He wants us to finish well. Finish this race well. Whether you've been in the faith for 5 years, 10 years, 50 years, finish this race well, full of the fire of God. That even in the last days of your life, you'll be still saying, Jesus is the Lord of all. That I trust in the Lord Most High. That I will still declare the kingdom of God is at hand. That nothing will stop me from doing that. That I want to finish this race well. So what do we do? Seek the Lord. Return to the place where we seek Him first, wholeheartedly. Obey Him. Finally, let's finish this race well together. Amen? Let's pray. Will you stand to your feet? And I'm just going to pray. If you can just take us uh, a short while and let those three points just sink in our hearts. Seek me first. Obey, indeed, and finally finish well. If any of those points or any of those words are just speaking to you, today will you just respond to the Lord? Whether you're here in this place or at home, will you just respond to the Lord? Maybe for some of us, we've just been so far away from God and God saying to us, come back. Come back to the place where you're seeking me again. For some of us, God's telling us, hey, you need to walk in obedience. For too long, you've just not been obedient to what I'm telling you to do. Maybe it's forgiving someone. Maybe it's about that relationship that, need to be, that needs to be restored. And if God's saying, saying that to you today, will you choose and say, Lord, regardless of how I feel, I will act on your word. I will 
spiritual being. And finally, to the third group, if you're here and somehow your flame is just out, it's been out for 10 years, 15 years, and you're just going through the motion, God's calling us again. Say, light that fire. Light that fire, Lord Jesus, I will follow you. Refresh my heart again. Father, I pray, God, for every single one here, everyone that's listening to this message, that today our eyes and our hearts will follow you wholeheartedly, will obey your word, and that we will finish this race well. That at the end of the day, we will hear you say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come, Holy Spirit, empower us, renew us, challenge us, inspire us that we leave this weekend full of the anointing of the Holy Spirit to do everything that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.